Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, get comfortable. Test one, two. All right, three, two, one. Nobody likes a good underdog story more than me, your host, Fred Van Vliet. Welcome to Bet On Yourself, a podcast about diverse entrepreneurs overcoming obstacles on their way to building businesses designed not just to survive, but to thrive in today's rapidly changing world. With me, as always, is my co-host, business advisor, Derek Folk, COO of Folk Williams Financial Management. How you feeling, D? Delighted to be here. Yes, sir. Happy to have you. Our guest today goes by the name of Harpreet Gill. And did you know the average millionaire has at least seven sources of income? If you want to learn how to have a day job and six side hustles, listen up. Harpreet is going to tell you how to make some money. She says, change your financial literacy, change your life. She does consultations, workshops, and collaborations to build you up financially and wants to expand her business and grow your prosperity. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. And we're happy to have you. So thank you. Welcome. Yes. Um, diving right in, tell us a little bit more about yourself and um, you know how you got started. Well, my journey actually started in social work. I, I grew up in the Jane and Finch community. I've always had a passion for giving back to the community. Started from a young age, from when I was 14, was getting into trouble. And my basketball coach actually geared me to go volunteer at my local community center. And that's where my passion, um, that's where I discovered my passion because I was always illiterate school, wasn't really the greatest when it came to my grades and stuff like that. But this was something that made me realize that this is where my heart was at because I was always good at giving back and helping others. And that's kind of where my journey started. But how I got into finances Never in a million years would I ever thought this is where I would have been. But I was in a position where I wanted to learn about more money about myself, um, in particularly business loans and mortgages. And I really didn't have anybody to lean to to ask these questions. So naturally, I just went to the bank to go speak to an advisor. And they told me to come back when I had about $60,000 mm. in my bank account. And wow. that is when I can have a seat at the table to ask questions. Wow. And I looked at the lady and I was like, but I just have a few questions. I just yeah. need to know which direction I need to go so I can plan accordingly. She's like, nope, come back when you have 60K. Mm. Now, it could have been just the advisor that I spoke to, but that just tainted my experience. And I was like, screw this, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I started to kind of learn on my own. There's just so much information out there. You don't know how to decipher what's real and what's not. A lot of the literature is American, so it's hard to find Canadian literature when it comes to financial planning. So I just started to teach a lot of the youth that I used to work with, just the basics, saving, budgeting, having a healthy mindset around money, and just credit. And then maybe like a two-year after that experience, I had an advisor that I met started teaching me about finances. And, you know, maybe into my second appointment with her, I was like, 
this is fascinating. I got into social work because I wanted to create systemic change, but I've been feeling like a pawn to a system that you cannot change at all. And I've tried for 17 years. I've been in that industry for a long time. And when I started learning about money, I was like, this is what our community is missing. We need to bring this information back to the community. So I asked her, I said, how did you get into this, you know, position that you're in? Because I want to do something like this. At the time, I wasn't thinking about the business. I was just thinking, I want to educate myself. And this is powerful information that I need to bring back to the community. And when she kind of gave me the blueprint of getting my license to be an advisor, I started studying. I got a mentor, a coach, um, someone who's been in the business for about 20 years, who's been, you know, a, a support figure for myself. And that's how my journey really started. <clears throat> it's always been about the community. And I don't know that that's something that you guys are huge on. And that's where my passion started. My, my passion really never started with money because mm -hmm. I had a disillusioned um, connection with money. Money is the root of all evil and yeah. all those negative connotations. But my mind has shifted in the last three years that I've been in this industry. And I've changed my finances completely around because when I went to that advisor, I was $32,000 in the hole. Mm -hmm. But I changed all that around, paid off my debt, put my first down payment 20% in, in Toronto. It's not cheap to buy yeah. property. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And was able to save up my emergency funds and you know, have my money invested in different places, but nothing more than investing Yourself. into myself. Exactly. Awesome, man. You're preaching the gospel right now. So, <laughs> nice. um, obviously, you, you talked about your passion and how you started. Can you tell us a little bit more about where you are today, making that transition <clears throat> from, like you said, giving back to the community to now you are advising and right. teaching financial literacy. So, if if we were just, uh, you know, people walking into your shop today, your office, how, what, what would you say you could provide for us? Right. So my business is <clears throat> broken up into two streams. One side is the education side where I provide financial literacy workshops and webinars, whether it's personal ones that I do for people in the community, anywhere in Canada, really, now that it's virtual. Mm -hmm. um, but <clears throat> I also work with a lot of nonprofit organizations as well as schools. That's something I'm trying to grow more into. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one aspect, but I'm also growing a financial literacy curriculum right now as we're speaking. Um, the goal is to launch that by next year to have children from the ages or grades, I should say, from grade two onwards up to post-secondary because this is a crucial skill that everybody needs to know and it's should be taught before we actually get into the real world, right? Um, but on the other side of my business, I also have just the financial consulting side. So I help people with their debts, saving on taxes, investing their money, estate planning. Um, and that's for any and everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. Even the financial literacy side, the more I'm starting to be more immersed in this industry, I'm starting to realize that regardless of how much money people make, they're still struggling with it. And in fact, the people who make the most, I find are usually <laughs> the ones are in worse positions than the ones who are making less. It's more to mess up. Right. So because yeah. originally I started, I was like, you know what, I need to help back people who are coming from low um, low income communities but in the journey i've also feel feel like you know what this is something that needs to be accessible to all canadians um because it's lacking and it doesn't matter rage ace gender creed social economic status everybody needs this information and then just me as a brand um because I've, I've been doing the community work for so long my name represents itself and in, in my community at least people know that I'm I, I live through integrity and making sure that I do right by others so it's just Harper Gill the brand is just expanding in so many places and 
you know, trying to get into myself into spaces that I never even imagined to be in before. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I want to start by asking, you mentioned that you went back to school. So your accreditation is in what part of the financial <clears throat> space? Right. So I actually have my license to be an um, insurance agent. Okay. So I do life insurance, critical <clears throat> illness, disability, and everything in between. But with the brokerage that I'm connected with, with that same license, I'm able to do registered investments such as TFSAs, RSPs, our ESPs, our DSPs, but then I do referrals to other businesses, whether it's mortgages to consolidating people's debts, also do um, consumer proposals. So I work with a company called Four Pillars. Uh, they help to reduce individuals' debts without having to go into bankruptcy if they're in like really dire situations, right? So <clears throat> those are, the, through my accreditation, I have the HLLQP, which stands for Harmonized Life License Qualification Program. And um, that's something that I actually did online it's certified through the province of Ontario right. and any province that I decide to practice in right now I'm licensed in Nova Scotia as well as Ontario okay nice. the reason I ask is just to give me a point of reference because right. that's what I do what I you do know. is what I do <laughs> and my, my point of access is my tax license and my right. tax accreditation and um, so I've been around this space quite a bit okay, okay. so let me ask you a question so um, how has your ideal evolved um, because I mean, you, you, you saw an opportunity, and it sounds like the opportunity was to help some people, right. but then you took it and you went further. So right. how has it evolved? Um, it's evolved tremendously, actually. So I've helped hundreds of people over the last three and a half years. I'm actually growing a team, um, not of employees, but entrepreneurs, actually. I'm building leaders. I have a team of about 20 people. They're all at different spaces because I know that my vision is big. My, my goal is to be one of the biggest financial services business in Canada and taking a unconventional route to financial planning, more holistic, community-based. And I know that's something that I can't do on my own. I need a team of people and I need a team of people who understand the struggle, who can relate to people, to everyday people, um, not just this suit and tie. You know, I'm a financial advisor and don't really understand the struggle. I don't want to have to have other people experience the thing that I experienced when I went to the bank because I think a lot of times <clears throat> when we do go to the banks, we get that everyday banking teller experience. We never get the experience of the advisor side because most of us are not seeking advisors. So now that's happening where I'm building up my team. Like I said, everybody's at different spaces because they come on board at different times. I have people who are licensed. I have about 12 people, people who are licensed that have just started. And I'm actually growing them, teaching them about business as I'm learning about business because I haven't figured everything out myself yet. But I can at least pass on the gems that I've learned up to this point. Um, and that's why I like my shirt says, you know, leader, entrepreneur and revolutionary, because my goal has from when I was young been to revolutionize my community didn't know what I was, what was going to be, didn't know my calling was supposed to be finances, and this is kind of how I ended up here. And I just want to make sure that everybody gets this knowledge because if we don't now, it's going to be too late. As we've seen, there's, there's a global shift um, in so many aspects, and so many people are going to get left behind. And the knowledge really is the power, and that's one thing that I've realized through becoming more financially literate is that in North America, you can come up from nothing. In other parts of the world, you can't do that. So we have the opportunity, but the difference between other parts of the world and here is that we 
get distracted by all the isms, the sexisms, the racisms, the, you know, whatever. <clears throat> but the real problem is the lack of financial literacy. Because if we all had access to economic empowerment, we wouldn't be in the positions we're in right now. Without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, I got a question before you ask your Go next ahead. one. Um, what's your point of access or your entry point to how you get clients? So I've used social media to leverage. Um, my first year, it was really just about branding myself, um, being that person in the community that taking a different approach to something that's so far-fetched for so many people. And I think I was one of the first people in my community to really start bringing this conversation of financial literacy in a way that's easy to relate. It's easy to digest because I speak in everyday language. So. Every month I make sure I host a free financial literacy webinar. They're usually about two hours in length and I cover everything from the mindset to investments to credit and everything in between. So <clears throat> what I do is I offer value because I believe that, especially when it comes to finances, so many of us are guarded. We've had so many bad experiences. It's a, it's a trauma that we're facing, not just the last 10 years, this has been decades and centuries of negative trauma that <clears throat> we're very guarded when it comes to our finances. And I truly believe that if you can educate somebody, then the products to sell themselves. I don't really like to call myself a, self, a salesperson, although technically I am, but I feel like I'm an educator because when people get educated they're like, ah, I see why I need to do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that's what I do. I offer a lot of fa free financial literacy programs. And then from that referral base, um, and a lot of it has been referral since th that, and then just filling up my pipeline with new clients through the, through the webinars as well. Okay. Yeah. So t talk to us. Tell us what would be the biggest obstacle that you've faced since you opened up your doors and started this journey? So I would say one of the biggest challenges for me, like I don't look at problems the way regular people look at problems. I just look at it as situations that we need to critically think through to create a process to get through, right? But I feel like the biggest challenge really has been getting people to move faster, quicker, have a sense of urgency on this matter because you have people who are like, Right away, as soon as they get the knowledge, they're like, I want this. Let's do this. Let's sit down. Let's get through my stuff. But then the other side really is just like they know they need to, but maybe there's a lack of cash flow that they feel like I don't even know if I should sit down and talk to her. But at the end of the day, a lot of times, even those people I find are spending money on reckless things. Uber Eats, I see, you know, regular people spending three, four, five, six hundred dollars on Uber Eats a month. If we can cut back on some of those items, then that can help us shift into the next level. But I think a lot of times the shame is there and that's the challenge that I'm having the most in is having people to get this sense of urgency quicker than than most people are taking. And then on the building my team side, especially with COVID, before there was a lot of personal interaction. And I think that when you're building a team, you need to have that one-on-one -on -one face interaction. Energy. Energy. The energy is different. And so I'm doing my best to build my team up now via Zoom, and especially, you know, people being nervous, being per in person. But it's taken out of way an element where it brings that connectivity. So I think that those are my two biggest challenges, is that getting people to wake up as quicker than they, they really should. Because sometimes I have people following me, and they're like, I love your content, and I great, get great advice from here. But 
the next step? How come you're not moving to the next step? Transition, yeah. Right. So so I I have a follow-up to that because I guess you mentioned a sense of urgency, and it sounds like, you know, you're— your, the consumers or the people you're speaking to don't always share your sense of urgency, right? Right. So just to be clear, if people are listening to this podcast, they want to know when should I contact you and your firm? What should it be for? Should it be for insurance? Should it be for financial planning, credit? What should be that, that point of access that people right. should contact you for? So either, any one of those that you mentioned, really, because I help in all of those areas, when we look at finances, there's a pyramid, because a lot of times people think that the first thing that they need to do is start investing their money, but there's a foundation that you need to lay first. Agreed. You need to have your insurance in place. You want to make sure that you're reducing your debt. You want to make sure you have your six to you know nine months of income saved up. God forbid if anything happens, you have your emergency fund. And then investment is the top tier of financial planning, and that's the part that people get confused. They think that, oh, I don't have hundreds of dollars left over every month, so I can't get to the next level. And to me, it's like, irregardless if you're at this point or if you're at this point, I can help anybody because I have a tiered program where if you're just looking to figure out where is your money going, I have exercises that I put into place that I give you as homework. Okay, you need to complete these because then it gives you a realization that, all right, cool, I'm only making $2,000 a month, but I'm also realizing that my money is going in these places. But if I make this sacrifice, then I can really get to the next level. So I really can help people from a low-income point of view, even middle class and higher uh, middle class, and that's the thing that makes me so unique, I think, in this space is that a lot of people are looking for high-value clients, and that's great. We need them. But a lot of people at the bottom are being left behind, and I think that's the gap that I'm trying to fill right now. Okay. Got it. Awesome. Awesome. That's that's awesome. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, we talked about some of the challenges and, and things like that. So I know you spoke about homework and and something like that, like you would give a client. But how do you approach those challenges and and those roadblocks? Like, how do you get through those, or how have you gotten through some of those? If you can give examples, or just talk right. to the mindset. So you know, anytime I do a webinar, the mindset is the first thing that we start talking about because you know we hear stories of lottery winners, athletes, celebrities who encounter a lot of money and you know, washes out of their hand really quickly. Because if you can't manage $1,000, we've heard this thing before, you can't mil- manage 10000 or a million, right? So we start with the mindset, and a couple of things that we go through is people always say that they want to obtain financial freedom, but what does financial freedom really look like? And if you don't know what that looks like, then you don't know what you're working towards. And so I always get people to look at the big picture first and reverse engineer their goals, which means that you take that big goal and you Break it down into the smallest molecule so you know on a daily basis exactly what you need to do that needs to get you there. So one of the activities that I do is to discover your FIN number, which is your financial independence number. And we go through a six-step process to say, okay, you know what? Let me know what age you feel like you want to retire because retirement doesn't have to be 65. But let me know what you feel like you want to Is it 50? Is it 55? Let's take that number. Okay, after you retire, how much income do you want to have on a monthly basis? I mean, on an annual basis. And then once we break everything down, we can see, okay, this is the dollar figure that you need to be able to save by this age to really obtain financial freedom. Because I hear this word financial freedom being thrown around just like generational wealth is being thrown around, but we don't understand what it takes to get to that next level. And it's kind of like, 
the blind leading the blind or, you know, you can't become what you cannot see. And many times we put things up into the air in terms of things that we want to accomplish, but we don't put the work behind it to figure out how we need to get there. So let's get a little more detail then for the listeners. Obviously, you're speaking, you know, we're kind of all on the same page. This is this is kind (laughs) of what we do. Yeah, this is what we do. So um, all of the things that you're saying, man, is is music to my ears because these are a lot of the things that this man right here has taught me. So um, I had some of it. He taught me way more than than I ever could have imagined. Um, so let's get detailed into how do we fight that? Because everything you're saying is true, but it's set up that way. Yep. We're supposed to be financially illiterate. Right. We're supposed to because Absolutely. this whole thing doesn't work if everybody is as sharp as Harpreet, right? <laughs> then then they're, they're, they are looking at a revolution. So how do you personally, how do you fight that, fight against the machine that is designed for us to stay ignorant to what you're saying? I think that we just got to do the hard work, really and truly. That's what it boils down to. As cliche as that sounds, for me, it's like we need more people preaching this message because it needs to be the next cool thing. It can't just be, you know, just certain people talking about it. We need to start having these conversations at the dinner table, and it really starts with the parents as well, not just educating the young people, but educating the parents because the parents are lacking in that area. So if the parents are lacking, then the seeds are going to lack as well. But we don't have these conversations at our dinner table. It starts in the home because these are regular conversations for some families, right, Mm -hmm. where talking about trust funds. I didn't know what a trust fund was. You hear about trust funds and you're like, oh, that sounds exciting because you hear from rich folks. But do we know what those are? Those are conversations that need to be normalized. And it's not just in the school system, but it's amongst the entire community. And that's what I'm trying to do right now is that's why I say I'm trying to revolutionize this this game because Mm -hmm. financial literacy is what can literally change so many people's lives. And me developing this curriculum right now for children starting from grade two, I think that it's never too early to start yeah, talking about money, right? right? We, uh, we, as kids, we want things, we but want we that. don't understand the value of a dollar. Um, we ask our parents, and if we don't get it, we might get upset, but we don't understand how hard they have to work to earn that dollar, especially today's day and age. Like, before I got into my business, I was working five jobs, mm-hmm. and... I knew how to work. I knew how to make money. I didn't wasn't really talented in anything, but I knew I had the work ethic. But the direction was misguided, yeah. right? So I so, think. So we, how do how do we? And I'm saying we because I feel like we're all doing the <laughs> same thing in different ways. How do we help the people? We're not talking about you or me mm-hmm. or or defolk the people that's gonna figure it out. Because what I'm listening to you say is that you are gonna figure this out. At some point in your life, one way or another, that's just how these things work. Right. How do we help the people who ain't listening or the people who don't want to listen or the people who can't give up that three or four or five, six hundred dollars on the frivolous things that they think that they need? How do we help those people? How do we speak to them and incentivize them to get in tune with what we got going on? Right. Um, I think... Especially in Canada, there's there's so many social assistance programs, um, and I think that that's one thing that's a blessing here, but it's also a curse because it gets people everybody to become good. Everybody, everybody good. Everybody good. Everybody is good, and I think that we need to figure out how to get into those systems so we can start educating people. Are those systems going to allow us to do that? 
I'm not sure. But I think it's possible because I have those systems, people from those systems coming to me to say, I need you to run these financial literacy webinars. Mm -hmm. But it's the consistency because if an organization hires me for one session, that's great because they get a realization that, you know what, there's information that I didn't even realize about. But the consistency has to be there. You can't just hire me for one session. You have to have me as almost like a teacher Mm -hmm. and let me bring my staff in to make this an ongoing conversation. Because if it's not ongoing, it's we'll kind of like a motivational yeah. speech, right? Yeah. Everybody gets motivated when they hear whoever speak their mm-hmm. their favorite, you know, inspirational coach. But as soon as you're out those door, you feel still good. The next day, you might still feel good. By the second day, the third day, it kind of wears off. Exactly. Awesome. So it's the consistency, I think, that needs to be implemented more deeply. Talk to us about what's been um, the biggest surprise so you've been doing this, I think I heard you say three years now. Right. What's been your biggest surprise so far in your journey? A lot of surprises, just like simple things about money that we didn't know. Like I remember when I had a conversation with my advisor early on before I even got my license. She's like, Harper, you're working five jobs. Rich people don't get rich by <laughs> using their own money. They use other people's money. And I was like, huh? Okay, maybe they borrow from their family members or whatever the case may be. But it really hit me when I started learning about credit, what she really meant, OPM, other people's money. Now, I'm just like, I don't have all the money to invest in my ideas, but I don't have a problem going into debt for debt. those things because I understand the value. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, it might be, okay, you know what, I like these Jordans. I don't mind if I go into debt, and the next thing you know, that debt compounds, and that $200 pair of shoe now is valued at three, four, five, six hundred dollars $600. But when you start thinking about the reverse, you start to understand. So just the rules of money, how basic it is, was super surprising to me because me being so bad in school, I thought that you had to be like a mathematician to be in finances. Mm-hmm. This is not where I, in my mind, where I belonged belong. when I was younger. So... It's basic. And that's the part that I think that a lot of people do get intimidated by because they feel like, I don't know how to do math. And I'm just like, if you can know how to use a calculator, you're good. Yeah. Because that's all you really right. need, basic math. So talk right. to us about that before D jumps in. I want to I hear more about, you keep saying bad in school. What does that mean? Because I know what that means to me. <laughs> so what does that mean for you, bad in school? It just meaning like bad at, at school or like fighting and shit? Well, more the fighting and stuff was, you know, more was like it. it was kind of part of it. Okay. Um, when I, was, I mean, that's important. <laughs> like, there's somebody that's going to listen huh? to this. That, you know what I mean? So, you know what? I, I grew up from a very interesting family, both of my parents from India. I was born in India as well, but they brought me down when I was young. None of them, neither one of them have gone to school ever. So they're illiterate. Me being the oldest child, they couldn't, outside of the school system, I didn't really have anywhere to read or someone teaching me how to read or anything like that. So up until high school, I was practically illiterate. So I knew how to read basic words. But even till this day, you give me a word that looks a little (laughs) messed up, I won't be able to read. I'll skip past that, maybe Google it, see how it's pronounced and see what the definition is. So that's still, you know, kind of a part of my reality now. Mm -hmm. But more so like I was always put into the the slow classes where there's only three people. Um, But even then, like... School was a joke to me, but I knew I wasn't stupid. Even though I didn't know how to read and I wasn't good at school, I didn't know I knew I wasn't stupid. Well, it was different levels of, right. of and intelligence. I, for exactly. Sure. And it didn't bother me that I wasn't good at school either. Um, I don't know if that's a problem or not, but I think 
for me, it's been a blessing because it's allowed me to develop my work ethic because I was so um, weak in so many other areas in life. Work ethic was all I had. And that's what made me realize as I got older that the people who were so talented, they're not doing anything with their life. And this is a you know great example of you know hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's... Nice. <laughs> Interesting. I heard you use the word illiterate. And you referenced yourself, you referenced your parents. And um, I challenged that word. And the reason I would challenge it is because your parents were bright enough to bring you to a better life, right? Right. And so there's these words that we have in society. Um, often think of the word credit versus leverage, right? Right. If you poor and you're trying to get a TV in your house, you think of it as credit and you're worried about it because you might not be able to pay the $25 or whatever amount it is to pay for that credit card. Right. But when you're wealthy, you use credit. The owners of all the buildings, all the hotels and everything, they use credit, but they use a different word. They use leverage. Right. And so I I only inject that to say that words matter. You're right. Okay. You're absolutely right. Now, there's two words I want to talk about. I want to talk about strength and I want to talk about weakness. I sense your strength coming through because you're very passionate. (laughs) Very, very. That's a good thing, right? Thank you. Very good thing, right? Um. But it can also be part of your challenge or one of your weaknesses, right? Because you, you see the world through your through your passion. Right. So talk to us about what you see as your weakness and what you're trying to achieve. I think you'd nail that right on the head, that my, my strength is my weakness and my weakness is my strength. Um, and that's something 2021, I started to, I guess, become a little more less emotionally attached to to the idea of what I see and and how I want to get there. Um. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And yeah, because like for me, I'll pour into people until there's nothing left to pour into, right? And I think that one of my mentors told me, Harper, you know, your mindset is here, but your body's over here, meaning your mind's up here, but your body is not moving where your mind is at because you're trying to pull too many people up with you. And in the process, you're cutting up your hands, you're tearing up your shoes, everything is happening, and that you don't. You want to be very careful with where you pour your energy because your intentions are in the right places, but not everybody sees the vision the way you see the vision, right? And it's kind of, I, I heard an Instagram video a couple of years ago and this young boy, I forget his name, but phenomenal motivational speaker, he said, 
it's kind of like, you know, when you have a vision, you're looking up into the skies and you're trying to tell everybody, look, 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 I see the moon, I see this, I see that. But they can't see it because they're not looking through the same telescope that you're looking through. But you might encounter a stranger and after one conversation, they can see your vision. And so I, I'm i in a space where I feel like I need to be in a, where I need to be kind of like the dumbest person in the class. Mm. Remember, words have meanings. Okay, yes. Let me correct that. I need to be amongst people who are at a higher identity than I am at. Absolutely. Right. So talk to us about that. Talk to us about how do you how do you build that team or that network of people that you think can can help transition you to the next level, um, and then you can always reach back, right? Reach back to the people that you're trying to drag with you now. But I think it's a little bit easier to get pulled up somewhere than to drag a bunch of people with you. So right. walk us through that where you're at right. now. You've, you've come to that realization. Yes. Yeah, so now what I'm trying to do is take my business in a different direction where I'm trying to get into spaces where there's more entrepreneurs, um, corporations, um, healthcare professionals like doctors, because they're, you know, someone who can actually incorporate their business as a corporation, their practice as a corporation. So I feel like if I can get into those spaces where I can teach for one companies, what does it look like to actually financially plan for a corporation? whether it's succession planning, continuation planning, um, personal financial planning, and then also bring that information to their employees and use that as a tool to keep um, their retention levels higher. Because if you can offer them value in terms of here's some financial literacy, these are the things that you can do with your own personal finances based off of the money that you earn here, then you can, you know, see yourself in a better direction because, like you said, I'm pulling a lot of people here, so now I need to kind of get into this space here. And over the last two months, that's what I've been working on, just kind of making more connections with people in those spaces. And I'm a huge believer in, you know, alignment and things happen when they're supposed to happen because this interview right here is a complete surprise. I never in a million years would I think that I'd be sitting here having a conversation about my business with you guys and and the, the things are just falling in line. Like one of my close friends, Joseph Smith, who's a phenomenal um, leader in our community, he's doing some phenomenal things on the political aspect. He's also a teacher, getting to be a principal. He has multiple connections in so many different spaces, and he's trying to get me into those areas. So I have a lot of people in my community who are influencers, who have done some phenomenal stuff, and we just need to really get together and to bring this mission to the next level, not just based off of my vision, but our collective visions together raising the community to the next level. It's time. It's time. It's time. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of passion. Thank you. And so when I think of that passion, I think of how did you, how did, what did you do with your passion over the last year? We went through a pandemic. We had protests all over the world. So a lot of people had to pivot. People had to step back, reimagine the world, reimagine what they're doing in the world. Right. What did you do? So it's funny that you say that because um, pre-COVID, I was very resistant to the idea of going virtual um, just because I liked that face-to-face interaction. And I thought that maybe the relationship building, the rapport building might be compromised. But during the pandemic, you had no choice. You had to make a switch. So I had to create systems in terms of what do I, what is business going to look like moving forward? Everything has been on Zoom now um, from my webinars. So it's more accessible, actually, at, Although the pandemic was, 
you know, terrible. It's caused a lot of, you know, shifts in so many people's lives. Um, in my life in particular, I was able to reach out to more communities, um, people who weren't able to reach the locations where I was having my workshops prior to now I'm getting people from all over Canada coming into my webinars. Um, I, I actually am able to build a team out in Nova Scotia. So I have a teammate out there who I'm building right now as a leader. She's a phenomenal young lady as well, Courtney Crosby. Um, so I was able to expand that way and I was able to create systems that was allow me to take everything virtual. So using learning how to use Zoom, not a TikToker, but I'm learning how to do the whole TikTok business. I'm starting to see that more and more often now. People, yeah. people uh, sliding their uh, educational videos on there. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Because it's such a huge audience. Right. It is, and I was I, I should have probably got on it a year ago, but um, I, I didn't. I've gotten on more recently. Instagram is where I keep a lot of my content, but I've been starting to expand myself into different spaces when it comes to social media because in my eyes, if I'm trying to build this curriculum, then I need to start tapping into the young people now so by next year when that's ready to release, then I already have a following in that space as well. But I think the pandemic has been great in some aspects because it's allowed me to reach out to more people, um, a lot more reach. So it's been good in that aspect. It's just the challenging side is the team building side because there's almost only so much training you can consume sitting in front of a computer and and there's some challenges in, in that area. Okay, nice. What's something that you feel like you need right now? Like if you could just get a something far from the sky that would that would take your your business to the next level what's something that you think that you need right now um i would say two things one when it came to my curriculum i was planning on doing all that stuff prior to but in person so now i'm switching everything online and i I'm starting to connect with people who are software developers because I want the learning to be engaging, interactive, and not just listening and reading. It needs to be fun but educational at the same time. So I need a team that's going to be able to help me take all the content when it comes to the curriculum and turn it into a platform that's actually going to be... I guess f dotting the I's and crossing the T's in, in the technological world that I don't know too much about. So that would be one area. And I would say like endorsements really, because when we have people like yourself, athletes who are preaching this good gospel about, you know, financial literacy and economic empowerment, I think that's when it becomes cool, right? Um, and if we have more people talking about it and can endorse some of the, the projects that I'm doing, I think that can take my brand to a whole nother level. Because I know I, I got it. I know I can educate. I know that I can connect with people. Um, that part is the easy part for me. It's just taking it to the next level by getting more people to see what I'm doing is what I really need help with. Nice. So let's get to the real. Let's <laughs> get to the real. Yeah. What you thinking, it's that dude? time. I'm going I'm um, I'm to take a back seat here because this is your, yeah. this is what you do. Well, I've listened a lot and, uh, I, I guess I want to understand, you know, he asked you a question a minute ago about what you what you need, and most entrepreneurs say I need capital. You said capital, but the form of capital you said was people, right. human resource as opposed to monetary resource. And then you said endorsements, and I take it the endorsements. So I'm a little confused um, with a couple of things. One, I hear your passion. Right. I hear your desire to teach. Um, I don't. I, I didn't hear as much about 
I think you said, or I know you said, you have your license and insurance. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a statement and I'm going to make a suggestion, okay? So okay. when I hear that, there seems like there's this community goodwill you want to do. You've said that from the moment you came in. I think that's great. Um, I think if you're about growing your business, right. which you may want to consider and just may, um, is take that one thing you have, which is your license to sell insurance, right. do a lot of that. Right. And then in those sessions, communicate to people your passion. Okay. And I'm giving you that firsthand. Right. Okay. My passion is no different than yours. That's why I've been listening intensely. He'll talk to you about it. Yeah. Right. I'm very passionate about what I do. And my passion is with people like him. Right. Right. But I take care of single mothers who make $20,000. And right. I give her the same amount of energy I give him. Right. But without him, I can't totally serve her. Yeah. But he needs that same energy, right? So I bring my I bring my passion to both. Right. Right. But in exchange, um, I, I might be able to charge him a couple more dollars than I can charge her. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and so my business grows. Right. So, but I had to sit there and do those tax returns. Right. And so I, during our whole conversation, I missed the ins- I'm selling insurance policies. People are coming in my office, and when I was asking you, like, there's going to be, let's just say millions of people are going to hear this podcast. Right. And you want to be clear to them, call me for this. Right. And then when they call you for that, share your passion because right. it will allow you to do everything you want to do. That's that's just a recommendation because, trust me, we're no different. But for and me uh, to get yeah. here... I had to I had to do those taxes and right. be passionate about it. Right. And you don't know who's going to hit the lottery. Let's no, just say every absolutely. every person who sits in front of you and bu- who buys an insurance policy could be the lottery ticket winner. Yeah. And whatever that means. Yeah. Right. One thousand percent. And they'll hear your passion. No, I you're think, absolutely I think, right. Um, for me, obviously, it's different because me and D met as I was, you know, starting to enter the NBA, and I needed a. I thought I needed a financial advisor, right? Because you sign with an agent and your agent says, okay, well, I'll get somebody, a financial advisor. I didn't really know what that meant. Right. So I'm thinking I'm going to somebody who can take my money and make it more money, right? Yeah. I met D. D does taxes. They do taxes, you know? <laughs> yeah. They've been doing taxes for over 60, over 60 years, yeah. right? So now I was only making 500000 my first, my rookie year. So now I just need somebody to file my taxes for me. Right. Right? That turned into business management, which meant bill pay, blah, blah, blah. But every time we meet, I was getting all of these gems and I was getting all of this game because I had to meet with him to go over taxes. We got to do this. You know, I need help with this bank account. I need help with this, 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 and the third. Yeah. And it grew and it grew and it kept growing. And every time we sit down, I would learn. And he would take me. He would take my brother, he would take my mother, he would take everybody, and we would go, and we would sit, and he would get up on the board, and he would teach, like right. you're saying, right? But I think what he's saying is, if he would have never did my taxes right, we would have never got to that. That's true. And that I'm, is and, true. And we're not saying that you don't do that part first. Right. I think it's just important to say it that, yeah, I'm a pro at what I do, too, and you're going to get all of this game and this knowledge, and I'm going to show you how to do it. And that can turn into whatever it's turned into because right. me and this guy right here, we're having access to 
conversations that we might not have had five years ago. Right. But it's all in good faith because the job is getting done. Now yeah. we now we can take what we know and what you know and we can keep growing that. No, you're absolutely right. I think that's great advice. I'm definitely going to start stepping forward with that because you're right. I need to be an expert in that area. Let that be my bread and butter because that's why when I when I started because one of my goals when I was younger was to build a community center. Mm -hmm. And when I got into the financial world, especially in particularly insurance, I'm like, damn, you can make some money and this can fund my actual other dream. So, you exactly. know what? I I never really thought about it in that way. So I appreciate that advice. And I'm definitely going to do that. So reach out to me yeah. for the insurance. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> listen, we're here, we're here to add value to what you're doing, right? And so one of the things you never want to lose is your passion. Right. Right. We're talking about Black Lives Matter. We're talking about changing this world. So some of us have to be passionate, right? Yeah. There's an old saying that the people perish for a lack of knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. So you're you're providing that knowledge, but it's okay to have that one thing that makes pe makes your phone ring. Yeah. And you're good at it. Right. And when your phone rings and you're sitting one on one, yeah. There's always going to be that access point to say, "Here's my passion." Yeah. They're going to hear it. Yeah. Because you can't just write a policy. And you can't yeah. hide it. Yeah. yeah. And you can't hide it. You haven't hit it the whole time you've been yeah. here. <laughs> and, and we got, got it. it. Yeah, we, you got it. We got it. So I think the biggest thing would be, like, we heard it. We heard it. And, and our first couple of questions were, what's the access point, right? Because we want to know, how do we get to that? Right. Like, what you're giving us today, how do we get to that? Because right. you could sell it on Instagram or you could broadcast it wherever you want, but yeah. you still have to have an entry point to that. Right. Second would be you you already understand that you need help to get to the next level, right? So right. it's the same concept where, if you, I'm sure you heard it before, keep the main thing the main thing, Yeah. right? Like I'm having access. We're sitting in this chair today because I can play basketball. Yeah. You understand? Like I'm, I'm very smart. I've been smart my whole life, but... Yeah. I'm only sitting here because I know how to play basketball. Yeah. That's going to give me access to speak right now on this microphone. For sure. And I think that it's the same thing for you. Yeah. No, I agree. They call it, there's the transportation and there's the destination. Yeah. And I think what he's saying is basketball is his transportation. It's not his destination. Right. Absolutely. No, I, I agree with that. So, no, I appreciate you, you giving me that insight because... You know, th through these last three years, there's been a lot of trial and error, um, a lot of figuring things out, making mistakes and, you know, kind of going back to the drawing board. And I think this is another moment where it's just like, I've heard this before, but like hearing the way you said it, it just clicked differently. Yeah, I always say to somebody when they tell me they're in the business, if I were to look at how you spend 24 hours, I, I once heard somebody say, Everybody's got 24 hours. Right. You could be Steven Spielberg. He could have 50 million or 100 million. But guess what? He, he's only got 24 hours. Yeah. Right? And so then you say, you know, Fred's great at what he does. Yeah. But he's only got 24 hours. Yeah. So chances are, if you ask him, he probably spends about 12 hours a day mm -hmm. or more right. building what he's great at. Yeah. Right? And so you say to yourself, Spend that 12 hours or whatever number of hours that is to you. Yeah. And then once you're done with that, because you're so passionate, you probably won't be tired. You can go spend <laughs> another three giving to the community and building that part. Yeah. At all. Yeah. That's all. No, you're right. 
<laughs> My last question would be, um, I don't, I don't want to forget this. Is um, what, what is something? Tell the listeners or whoever's going to hear this, like, what are some of the challenges you face as a minority in working in? You know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of community. I'm hearing a lot of outreach and things building up the underserved communities. What are some of the challenges you face that somebody who doesn't come from places like we come from don't have to deal with? Right. Um, so, you know, I, I was kind of blessed in a way that my parents never made us feel like because we're Indian or because we're brown or because I'm a woman, I can't, you know, do things that I want to do. So I never grew up in my mindset thinking that there's restrictions on my limitations. I believe I can achieve anything I put my mind to. Does the world project those ideas onto me? Probably. Yeah. Um, do I care? No. I don't pay attention to it, to be honest. It doesn't bother me. If you think I'm a woman and I can't make it, that's your problem. I'm going to focus on what I got to do. I'm going to make it. So I think that, like I said, I don't look at problems like the regular person does. I just think this is my body. This is what I was given. And irregardless of what people want to project onto me, I know I'm in control of my destiny because of the efforts I can put in. And... When you do good by people, your character speaks for itself. And that's what I thrive on building my brand on is through integrity because I want to make sure that if I'm dealing with somebody, regardless if it's a rich person, poor person, middle class person, I'm dealing with them the way that I would want someone to deal with me. So those kind of things, I don't really pay attention to. Like I said, does the world think of me in those kind of ways? Yeah, but it doesn't bother me, and it's not even a thing that I give even energy to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just think we keep educating. I mean, listen, I love it. You sound <laughs> you sound like somebody that that we work with. So, um, you know, just keep keep fighting. You know, you're you're doing good. Thank um, you. You sound like you're on the right track. Um, I just want to you know we want to give you more positivity and more Thank encouragement you. to keep going. You're gonna get there. You'll figure it out. But I do think it's important for people to hear those challenges because, you know, the 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 thing that I've heard a lot in a lot of meetings that I've had in the last 12 months as we talk about equality and things like that is, like, they like to play ignorant. Like, oh, I didn't mm -hmm. know. I didn't know that you faced these challenges, right? <laughs> so th that's why I asked you so we could keep keep talking about it and keep paying it forward. But, um, you know, thank you for your time. You've been amazing today. Harpreet reminded me a lot of you, Derek. Um, she was very hungry. She was very passionate. Um, I heard her speak about helping and teaching a lot, which is how um, me and your relationship has blossomed over the years. Um, and she wants to share that with the community. Um, so I think it's important to have all of those passions, but also you said something interesting to her, which was more so about um, just managing the relationships and investing in relationships um, because you don't know how that will help you in the future. So I, I tell everybody that will listen that our first year, year and a half together when I wasn't making very much money um, compared to what I am now, that uh, you didn't charge me. You didn't charge me. We built our relationship. You were still teaching me as much back then, if not more, than you are now. And I wasn't even paying you. Well, I think, I think what was unique about our, our relationship and kind of where I start, you know, I, I share Harpreet's uh, passion. Um, what I think a lot of people are missing is financial literacy. And, you know, 
Intuit has a great product, TurboTax. You know, I think about the first thing that we always want to do is understand our taxes, right? And so part of my aim was to make sure that, one, you understood the implications of uh, taxes on your overall wealth, right? And I think that's part of financial literacy. And I think the other parts of financial literacy is understanding stocks and bonds, mutual funds, or whatever you're investing in, because oftentimes people are investing and they're not really understanding it, right? So I think when we started out, that was something that you were interested in and you wanted to understand because you knew what was coming, right? We both mm -hmm. knew what was coming. Mm -hmm. And so the point was, is to have you ready so that when you got there, you were prepared for all the people who would show up and say, hey, you should invest in this, you should invest in that. So with that, I think the other thing we always talked about was just taxes. You know, we use, you know, when you have a tool like TurboTax, you're able to sit down and figure out like, oh, you know, I'm, I make a million dollars a year, or I make a hundred thousand dollars a year, whatever that number is. But if I give so much of that away to charities or I contribute, you know, I donate money, then I can get a tax break. So I think TurboTax is the perfect tool that Harpreet should use. And it, and it certainly ties in with products that she sells because she, she, she says she had an insurance license. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of products that insurance companies offer that allow people to maximize their tax benefits. Absolutely. And for me, um, just for me having someone like Derek who uh, helps me, you know, a lot, but he understands me, we understand each other. Um, we're kind of in alignment with a lot of our plans. Um, we have the same philosophy, ideology in, in most uh, situations. Um, and I think that started with taxes and him teaching me. And I think that that blossomed into uh, investment opportunities all the way up into doing a podcast together. So. Um, I think that everyone should have someone like a Derek in their corner. Um, now, it may not be as uh, personal as we've gotten, you know, over the years. Uh, but I think that if they could find that tool, like something at TurboTax, if they could, because Derek uses TurboTax, he's this amazing person, but he uses this tool to get the job done. I think that if other people could find a way to use TurboTax in that regard, in that aspect, um, it could really help take everything to the next level. We want to thank our guest, Harpreet Gill, um, for sharing her story with us today. Um, how you feel, D? I feel great. I'm glad that you <laughs> sat in front of us. Thank glad you. Glad you shared your message. Thank you. Awesome. I appreciate that. Awesome. That we also we also want to thank our sponsor, Intuit, and our network partner, ACAS. This is Fred Van Vliet, your host, along with my co-host. D folk out signing out. Thank you. I gotta tell him I told you. It's for hustlers who've been training for 100 summers. Just for the ones who buy the bag, I'm talking seven numbers. Ain't no sleep, you know I'm turned because I got goals to reach. If I don't work, then I don't eat, but I got kids to feed. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 